Now you can find, listen and subscribe to Chilling with Jens and the local Danfoss Climate Solution podcast in your RevTools app. Download it from danfoss.com. Service and support. Downloads. Hi, I'm Jens and I work for Danfoss Cooling. Today, I've invited Anna Schul, the Global Marketing Director of Refrigeration, for a talk about CO2, or carbon dioxide, as a refrigerant, and what that implies for the business in many aspects. But first, please excuse the background noises from the slamming doors as we were sitting in a lobby at Danfoss headquarters when we did the recording. We will, in later podcasts, go a bit more into details about the CO2 systems and the requirements for these systems. Hi, Anas. Maybe we could start with you uh, telling us who you are. Yes, uh, I'm Anas, and I'm tasked with uh, growing the Danfoss business within uh, CO2 as a refrigerant. And um, this I have been tasked with the last couple of years, but I have been in Danfoss for more than 12 years and I have all these years worked with uh, CO2 as a refrigerant, first in R&D, then product management on electronics and later on uh, like overall um, activities regarding uh, our growth within CO2. So that is what I do every day. I participate in R&D projects, I take part in customer meetings, I do strategy work um, and uh, especially a lot of number crunching but uh, combined with a lot of insights from customers, sales, uh, market dynamics, and all of that is hopefully helping me and others point in the right direction of what we need to do within the CO2 business to make it sustainable. So you are, in other words, the expert on, on uh, CO2? Uh, at least uh, seen from an overall perspective, business combined with a technical, yes, but uh, I'm not the most strong person when it comes to technical areas. Okay, we won't get it, go into details there then. Um, but speaking about the, the, the general overall sort of uh, landscape, we could call it, for CO2 uh, applications, um, what, what is the market penetration like today in uh, February 2020? Yes, uh, so we have seen um, CO2 come all the way. So CO2 is an old technology being used as a refrigerant, which many knows. Um, and then it kind of have a, a renaissance now where we saw uh, in in, Japanese, in Japan uh, that it started with EcoCutes, but then uh, Danfoss and many others uh, started attacking again um, 15 years back um, CO2 as refrigerant also uh, in more uh, refrigeration areas, so not outside heat pumps. And that started in particular in uh, in the food retail area, because uh, here, for different reasons, it made very good sense. Some uh, countries, they legislated on uh, HFCs, so the amount of HFCs that you could put in, and that kind of opened up. Other countries, but also retailers, they had strategies towards making a more sustainable future because also they had uh, leakage on many of the systems. So using CO2 as a refrigerant was a very good way of avoiding your impact and the global warming potential impact uh, by shifting towards CO2. So it's it's it came from there through uh, food retail. Food retail is still the area 
where Danfoss has the biggest uh, turnover related to CO2, but it definitely comes uh, many other areas as well. So we see it in, in smaller equipment, but also now it moves into larger equipment. Uh, so when I say equipment, it's outside food retail. It could be down in condensing unit size equipment, five kilowatts of cooling loads uh, and above. Um, uh, down in that area, uh, CO2 will uh, be competing as a technology uh, still with HFOs and HFCs, but also with flammables like propane. And uh, there's no right or wrong answer here in what you, one should do. It depends a lot of your installation um, legislation in the area you are, your focus on energy efficiency versus first cost, and so on. The same goes up in the other end, uh, up in the very large equipment. Uh, there we see now uh, a tendency that traditional ammonia and F HFC uh, systems, they um, get challenged uh, by the CO2 technology coming in from, from, uh, from customers of ours that are uh, addressing this market where they previously addressed maybe uh, the CO2 market now, uh, sorry, the food retail market. Now they also address the more industrial-like um, equipment. But also traditional industrial players on ammonia starts to adapt technology as CO2. And again, no one can say what is the most right and wrong thing to do. It can maybe depend on the application, uh, your, your need for heat being generated uh, at the same location where you also anyway take care of refrigerating something. Uh, so case by case you need to evaluate what is the, the right technology for me to adapt. The good thing is that the technologies are starting to form so that you have the choice to the chance to choose. Uh, one important thing to remember is that right now, here in February 2020, maybe there's so many things to choose from that it can be difficult. But if we did not have this kind of paradox at the moment, we would not allow ourselves and the industry would not allow itself to, to kind of find the right way for the future. So uh, I think no one will, in their right mind would say that they exactly know what should be the solution for the future. The good thing is that we start trying all of these things out more and more. Right. You actually answered some of the questions I've written down here, so uh, we won't get, uh, go into details about that. Mm -hmm. uh, I have a question here regarding the crystal ball, and that is basically what you touched upon. Yes. But if, if we are talking about, uh, say, a dream scenario, how would you uh, envision a dream scenario, say, in five years' time? Yes. Um. First of all, it, it can depend a lot of our, uh, so dreaming can be, can be dangerous to do uh, because uh, maybe sometimes you will not be able of developing the technology supporting your dream. However, it's, it's very clear that if you can make very energy efficient systems, um, a natural refrigerant solution sh uh, should by all means be the right solution because there you would not need to take natural resources to generate a refrigerant. However, this can be challenged when you look at on energy efficiency. So uh, that can be large chillers where you still see the purpose uh, uh, of using uh, an HFO or an HFC. Um, it can also be chillers, uh, we see them already today, running on CO2 uh, in some of the Scandinavian countries where they then use the CO2 as a refrigerant in the chiller but at the same time uh, generate high quality uh, hot water, um, that could be hotels, so it's not unnatural today to see a chiller heat pump running a CO2 refrigerant for hotels, also in the, in the southern countries of, uh, 
of uh, of Europe. So a dream scenario for me is that we 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 end up uh, a place where we have something sustainable, both from a refrigerant point of view, but also from an energy efficient point of view. Of course, then there could be, if you look even further, some would theorize that we will have energy abundance, so that you have so much energy that maybe uh, you anyway need to use it or store that energy for being used in the in the in during night type night times and um, so then you one could argue then of course you should go to a natural refrigerant even that that equipment will use more energy but that is way further ahead than five years as as i see it yeah. uh, but a dream scenario for me is that we do something and also for danfoss uh, as i understand it is that we do something that's sustainable uh, both financially but definitely also for the globe mm-hmm. yeah um yeah, and I, I guess what you just uh, said also touches upon another point I have, uh, which is called the monster from the future. I mean, what are the challenges uh, beside the, the energy efficiency and the energy uh, uh, consumption in, in, in general in the future? Yes, when we look on this specifically for CO2, mm-hmm. um, uh, right now, the monster is that there is a high diversity of different kind of technologies being aplo- uh, deplo- uh, employed or used uh, with CO2 as a refrigerant. Uh, we have uh, we see technologies like ejectors; they can be difficult to understand. We see um, fairly sophisticated heat recovery. We see um, we see other ways of energy recovery that could be some uh, someone would say mechanical subcooling or energy storage. Um, and all of these technologies, they can make it very difficult to find uh, the right track or the track that one believes is on the right direction towards what will solve customers' uh, solution. Uh, here, I think we need to uh, be patient. But this can be perceived as what you would say a, a monster that right now, looking a little bit forward, I'm not seeing that this is getting a lot of mo- lot more simplified short term. There will be, and it's good that we will see different players try different things out because there is energy to, for, from companies to do this right now, which is important to make the right solutions. But it can look like a monster. On top of that comes training. Training seems to be uh, one of the things that is highlighted again and again. Maybe in some of what people would say more uh, developed, I don't like developed or undeveloped, but countries that are, that are further ahead uh, uh, and being more used to use CO2, there we don't see that big issues. You could take a country like the one we are sitting in right now, Denmark, but also um, Germany, uh, s- uh, many of the countries in the south of, of Europe, and even in East Europe, uh, they don't have any issues um, servicing a CO2 plant, being it a uh, industrial plant or a, a, f- a full retail uh, application. But elsewhere, uh, very simple things like the higher pressure of a CO2 system uh, needs to be respected uh, and understand that you form dry ice and things like this when you lower the pressure rapidly and so on. And these things, they can create dangerous situations. On top of that, uh, simply just maintaining the system and actually understanding what is different from a CO2 system to a traditional HFC system where you in hot ambient would be allowed to condensate the full amount of your friction. This is not the case in CO2, so what do you do with the, this excess gas? These small things that needs to be learned, they seem still to be uh, be an issue. Also for the service technicians to have the, the right equipment. Yeah. Uh, so th- these things, 
they, I am confident that this will disappear over time. And many are trying to do things to accelerate that this is getting solved. Um, but also here, respect for time needs to be present so that uh, people can learn in the right manner. Yeah. Thank you, Anders. That was very interesting. Thank, Thank you, you so much.